0: Part of the Boundless Audio Podcast Network. Hello, welcome to the Artist Pivot Podcast. My name is Ayana Major Bay, and I am an actress, voiceover artist, mentor, and your host. This show is a bi-weekly conversation highlighting pivots and life lessons from the perspective of artists, those who work in and around the arts, and arts educators. For those listening who don't consider themselves artists, you can pivot too. Everyone possesses the ability to do so. You just have to be reminded sometimes. All of our life lessons have taught us to be better pivoters, and it is my goal to share these life lessons to guide and inspire others. Here is this week's episode. All right, y'all. So today on the podcast, I have Blue joining me. And hailing from Brooklyn, Blue is a podcaster, photographer, and brand consultant that started off as an independent music artist. He has taken his different experiences and pulled them together for conversations on his podcast, Blue Dope, which has featured the likes of Selling Tampa's Sherelle Rosado, Sister's Deval Ellis, and Claire Solmers, of fashion bar. daily, just to name a few. Y'all welcome Blue to the podcast.
1: Hey, what's up? What's up? Thanks for having me.
0: Of course. Thanks for coming on. How are you feeling today?
1: I'm good. I'm, I am i can't say, you know, I'm
0: blessed. I'm blessed. Amen. All right. I love to hear it. I love to hear it. So my first question to you would be if I sent you a text right now and mm-hmm. said, hey, Blue, how you doing? How you feeling? What's going on? But... You could only respond in emojis only. Okay. What would you send me?
1: That's that's easy for me because I only use blue emojis. So okay. I think I I'd, I'd go with the freeze face. That's that's my signature, the freeze face.
0: <laughs> okay, great. I love it. <laughs> yes, I it, love it. The I'm face.
1: chilling. I'm cool. You know. Yeah. Blue everything.
0: Blew everything. I'm here for it. And I don't <laughs> think anybody's ever sent me that. So thank you for sending me that imaginary text.
1: <laughs> oh, no. I, I have it preset everywhere. So people get that for me. That, the diamonds, just blew everything.
0: Oh, I love it. I'm so here <laughs> for it. I'm so here for it. Yes. It. So thank you for that. Um. So I'm excited to talk to you today because you have made many pivots in your life and in your career, and I want you to share them. And so I know that you started off as an independent music artist you know you're from brooklyn and then you went to corporate america and now you're a podcaster and a photographer and like a brand consultant what where <laughs> how did you get to where you are right now
1: <laughs> i mean i i literally do everything i always joke i got eight jobs but mm-hmm. um I, I think like a lot of the kids in, in brooklyn you know you kind of grow up and you get to see biggie You get to see Mm -hmm. Jay-Z, you know, even newer days, fabulous. The young kids got pop smoke that they got to see. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you look to emulate that. And I think in some of the neighborhoods in Brooklyn, you almost feel like you don't have as many options to kind of get out. Right. Mm -hmm. And the beautiful thing about life is as you take the journey, you start hopefully getting exposed to different things Mm -hmm. where you realize there are other opportunities and you can do different things. But For me, I fell in love with music at an early age. And I mean, I was 11, 12 years old, writing and recording by 18, 19. Mm -hmm. Um, And in my journey as an artist, um, I'm talking like early 2000s, I ended up just being in different studios, recording, um, being exposed to different people. And I realized that not only did I like the art form as just a rapper, but I wanted to do everything a rapper was involved with. Okay. So, so that meant for me, all right, well, artists need photographs, right? Like photographers. Okay. Videographers make the videos. Mm -hmm. You got publicists, you got managers, you have people interviewing the artists. There's all these different things that an artist actually has to go through once you're an artist. And going through it and being exposed to it. I just wanted to do everything. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So I mean, I literally did. The first thing I did, I picked up, you know, a camera. I probably spent about $1,500 because I looked at it this way. If I buy my own camera, I don't have to pay a photographer for photo shoots. right? Right. I can just edit the pictures myself. I knew how to do that. I had friends that were already models or in the industry. And, um, the first thing that happened was my girlfriend, who's actually my wife now, mm. said, Dude, you need to break even. Like, what are you doing with that? And mm. and I never even thought about that as a business, but that definitely hip hop, hip hop really started me.
0: Okay. That's that's where you started was in hip hop. So Just, yeah. With that, so did you Complete. I want to say abandoned, but did you completely like put down your music career and was like, okay, I'm going to focus on, you know, the photography and the videography of the music industry?
1: I, I never really wanted to. And I think on that journey of wanting to do both sides of everything, I ended mm-hmm. up interning over at Bad Boy. And um the cool experience about that, I worked for a gentleman named Kwasi Azare in the new media department. I mean, like social media had just came out and... Mm-hmm. My job was I literally spent like a year of my life as Diddy on MySpace when that was a thing, right? I was Diddy. So, you know, like it's kind of funny. People say, hey, I'm DMing this artist. They're going to see it. And, you know, I know it's them. A lot of the time it's just people like it's interns and stuff managing these social media accounts. And it's funny that people still to this day think it's the actual artist that actually controls their own social media a lot of the time. But, no, I was Mm -hmm. Diddy. Um, And at the time it was something where I was trying to just go full time at bad boy, pick up as much as I could there. I learned about trademarking there. Um, mm-hmm. I learned about social media there. Right. We had like the number at to the time for my space. We could call Tom if we wanted like, you know, okay. so Diddy's page. We need help. And, okay. um, but I- I'd say the f- the funds weren't there. Right. And then right. as an artist, I was kind of climbing. I was doing shows with like guys like um, Cypher sounds mm-hmm. and K Slay. God rest his soul. Um, you know, I started to to bubble enough independently, but mm-hmm. as much as the recognition was there, and I was rubbing shoulders, the the money wasn't there. Mm-hmm. So, if the money wasn't there, and I couldn't get, you know, I graduated college. I did go to college. I went to Hofstra University. I went to Temple for a little bit too in Philly.
0: Hey, come on, Temple! I went for a year and then transferred.
1: Oh, so that's both of us. We that's you li- both of us. Did you live in J and H?
0: Uh, yes, I did.
1: <laughs> I, I, I lived on the top of Johnson, 11th floor. No AC in the summer. Just super hot. Listen,
0: high. okay. And those fire <laughs> drills? How the car down them, those stairs? <laughs>
1: no. Yo, Fourth Meal, though, was live, though. Fourth Meal.
0: It sure was. Shouts it sure meal. was.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. So, no, so, I mean, I transferred from Temple to Hofstra, and, um you know, but so I finished college and everything, and I, I just wanted to work in the music industry, and, and I was trying as a rapper, as a DJ manager, as a everything, and the money just wasn't coming in. I wasn't seeing it. So, you know, you start... At that point, where you realize you don't have benefits because you're not mm. covered by your parents anymore, uh-huh. um, and all of this other stuff, and I had to just do the the, the grown up thing and, and go out to corporate America and go knocking on their door and say, "Hey, you guys have the money because the money's not over here as much as I want it in this place. It's not over here. So, in that sense, at first, I didn't abandon the music, right? Oh, yeah, 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 because the beautiful thing about joining corporate America and and having those real checks coming in, it provided a space for me to invest in my music and also buy my first camera, that $1,500 camera that my girlfriend said, what the hell are you buying? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. right. But I had, I had the funds to do so. um, And I think if anything, my content had to change musically and that put me in a weird place, right? Cause it wasn't, (laughs) I I progressed as a, a person and I wasn't, this kid from Brooklyn anymore. I saw options. I hung out in Philadelphia. I hung out in Long Island and I I understood what the business world was like. And, um, being exposed to all of that, I said, you know what, I'm going to be an entrepreneur now with this Mm -hmm. photography too. So I'm going to do the corporate gig, but I'm also going to do photography and fund everything I want. And, um, yeah, so the the dream didn't die at first right there with music. It didn't stop. Mm -hmm.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Understood, understood. So there's actually a couple points I want to like pick on pick up on that you said that like your music changed because you changed as a person. So that I always say like art reflects life.
1: Yes. So like your
0: life had changed. You had changed. And you're like, oh, now my music is changing because I've been exposed to more things. And then also using your corporate job to go, okay, I'm gonna fund what I want to do. Cause I know there are times that we're like, as artists, you're like, I have to go work a corporate job right now. But you were like, yeah, I do. But I'm going to use my time here wisely.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's almost like, you know, I I love Pop Smoke. And he's a kid from around the corner from where I grew up. And mm-hmm. it's like, imagine if Pop had went to to college and went to and, and seen other things. Because at the time when I was his age, 18, 19 mm-hmm. years old, I, I saw the same things. My music w- was sounding the same. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, true. if if drill rap was around in, you know, the early 2000s when I was on the scene, I would have been a drill rapper. But, mm-hmm. you know, at the end of the day, being exposed to those things, you know, you you, you stop telling the stories of, of that only neighborhood you knew and you start changing up your stories. And, you know, you talk about more of the universal things like love Mm-hmm. And um things that everyone could deal with and understand, because the truth is even today, not everyone's out here you know selling drugs and being around gang members and stuff, but unfortunately that's what everyone raps about they're not mm-hmm. rapping about anything else you know mm-hmm. and and I think honestly, I think it's a lane I, I I feel a lot of the time I'm too old to to take that lane <laughs> but <laughs> but but I think it, it's kind of an open lane if some if someone went into those spaces and, and spoke mm-hmm. about some different things even now that there might even be an opportunity because people want to hear different stuff.
0: Exactly. Exactly. You're never too old for anything.
1: <laughs> you, you're right. I mean, they say they say rap is a young man's game. But I think, you know, people like uh, the guys over at Griselda, I mean, they're still talking about random stuff that a lot of rappers in the nineties spoke about, but the guys over at Griselda, um, you know, they they speak they're they they came in the game later. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's that's inspiring in itself.
0: Right. Right. That's it. That's it. So then my next question to you would be, how did you then transition from being in corporate America? And then you're like, OK, I've had enough. I'm done. We're done. I got to go do what I want to do. What what was that like for you? I'm,
1: I'm still there. I never, oh, left. Okay. <laughs> I never left. And I think, you know, I don't I don't necessarily promote that because it's not my brand. You know, it's not my mm-hmm. own brand. But when I'm there, I'm in those walls. You know, that's the brand that I push where I am. Um, but outside of that, you know, I push my own brands as mm-hmm. a definitely as an entrepreneur. And um, I think that's it, there's a beauty in that because once mm-hmm. you can find something that you can do that doesn't take away from the other, then you've really found not necessarily even a side hustle, just a, a different career, something else that could push you in. For me, like photography, event photography specifically, it was a blessing because that's weekends. Right. Mm -hmm. Like no one's Mm -hmm. no one's, you know, people have weddings every day of the week nowadays, right? People have different events, but I'm not a a corporate events guy. I'm not that guy. Um, you know, and you almost with photography, you get to pick and choose. I'm not shooting for magazines that are like, all right, we need you at six AM on Wednesday morning and you're shooting until two PM. No, I'm I'm doing stuff that's on Saturdays and Sundays on my schedule when I'm available and, and that's the craft so I could do I could easily do both. Mm -hmm. without a problem because of that.
0: Mm -hmm. Understood, understood. Okay, so that's what I was going to ask you, like finding the balance between the two. And it's kind of, like you said, it's not a side hustle. It's now, in essence, parallel careers.
1: Yeah, and I mean, you know, they say you got your 9 to 5s and you got your 5 to 9s, your 10s, whatever time you stop. I mean, I'm I'm a person um, definitely very inspired by a Kobe Bryant who always went to sleep late and woke up early. Right. Mm -hmm. Because you still want to fit in time with your family. You want to fit in time, everything else you need to do. That might mean I might have to go to sleep at 1 a.m. But, you know, wake up at six and I'm Mm -hmm. fine with that. And I I run off my own energy with that.
0: Mm Hmm. Mm Hmm. Understood. Understood. So then along the way, along your life's journey, because it's not done, you still have more to do and more to learn and probably more to develop and be like, and I'm going to create this now. Are there any, you know, life lessons that you are like, oh, I I learned that one really quick or you're still learning a lesson?
1: I mean, I'm definitely, you know, we're always learning. But mm-hmm. I think the one thing I've noticed, like really on a personal note, is, you know, your family is really first. Like mm-hmm. your, your family is going to hold you down when nobody else holds you down. I think over time, you know, friends change, people change and really as someone who was in the industry early like young in my 18 18 19 20 and, and stepping away to to build a family life but then saying hey I want to come back with podcasting and mm-hmm. getting a mixy in the scene again you you know the industry is you know there's a lot of fake friends in the industry right mm-hmm. so it's something mm-hmm. where you can't you can't hold your breath with those folks you know you could love who you love and create new friendships new bonds it's all good but at the end of the day, like your family no one's gonna hold you down like your family. Right. And and I think that's the biggest lesson that I've I've had and I've I've seen. Like I just, that's my support system.
0: Right, right. Understood. Understood. And I think a lot of artists are learning that as well. Like your family's always gonna be there for you, no matter what the industry does. But I actually have a question now for you, because you said to kind of step away and, you know. Mm-hmm. Be with your family, develop a family, and then come back to the industry. How was that for you? Because I know firsthand friends in the industry who are like, But if I leave, will I be able to come back? Or if I have a family, could I come back to the industry? Or should I just stay in the industry and not, you know, develop my personal and my family side?
1: I mean, what's crazy was, I mean, by the time I was 30, I really stopped like recording music. And it was something where, it left that gap. Like I yearned, I yearned for the industry. I liked, I'm someone I like being mixy. I like Mm -hmm. meeting industry people and having these conversations with them and having these stories told and sharing stories and just, Oh, meeting this. Oh, you're responsible for this. That's cool. You did this behind the scenes. I love that. I love just being out and about and being Mm -hmm. part of that. And I had to slow down because I was like, all right, I'm gonna get married. I got mm-hmm. married. I needed to buy a house. Mm-hmm. I needed to have kids. I needed to do all those things because those are still the things where growing up, those are also the other things I wanted. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and for me, some people can do both, right? Sometimes it doesn't even happen that way. Sometimes people they're too especially with rap, right? You're you're too too much in the industry where all that other stuff doesn't work out as smooth as it could. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. for me to be the best husband best father, best provider, best, you know, caretaker, homeowner, et cetera, I had to step away. But with that yearn of just wanting to be part of the industry, I said, there has to be a way for me to get back in and actually use my contacts because I had this full phone book of all these names that I can't really reach out to. Uh And the truth is some people just stop reaching out to you because they don't need you anymore. And Mm -hmm. that's the fake part of the industry. Everyone's friends with each other when you need something from somebody. And Mm -hmm. even outside the industry, it's like that too, right? People have friends because that friend is the plug for this. That friend is this, right? Uh And Uh it's all good as long as it's reciprocated. Yes. As long as it's reciprocated. But what ends up happening for me when I left, you know, a lot of those friendships, they just weren't the same. They weren't there because mm-hmm. there was no need. There was nothing for us to, to give back to each other. So that meant that our relationships relationships were surface level. It was only industry-based. It was nothing deeper than that.
0: Mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm.
1: But coming back into the industry in the form of podcasting, I've been able to open up that phone book And have these some of these people's like the people I've crossed paths with that I know have great stories. It's like come come share this story. I know people will learn from it. Um, So that that was definitely the key for me and the way for me to get back in. And I had to be I had to be strategic because when I thought about the idea of podcasting, I said I wanted to do it in a way where I could get back into the industry, but almost reflect the new me right? It's let's, let's talk more business. Let's talk about these other things because I want to know how you got to the coin. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think, I think that's the point. I love podcasts like yours because it's all about the how I I don't, I don't care about, you know, people just living their life. If I don't understand how to get to that life, that lifestyle they got, I want that lifestyle too. So share the keys, like each one teach when we all move, move forward. That's my mantra
0: exactly exactly yeah. oh i love that and you actually answered the next question i was going to ask you how you got to podcasting but it's that i love that you, you were like <laughs> i want to show the reflection the new me i want to yes. let's talk about this i lo- i absolutely love that
1: yeah it's like let's talk business let's talk this money cuz that's that's what i do on a daily basis you know i'm i've de- i'm definitely become a businessman as an entrepreneur You know whether I'm speaking to another photographer, um, someone in corporate America, someone that's been in the music industry. There's all these different places that I've touched, so Mm -hmm. I'm able to go really detailed. Like you know, I might have someone on who's doing talking about e-commerce, and they're they're surprised that I use their phrases, right? I might talk Mm -hmm. about search engine optimization and what they're doing there and their ROI in those places, and just the logistics arm. They don't necessarily expect it, but I've been through all these different like layers in my life that I could talk to all day.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's fair. So you're pulling information from all of these different aspects of your life. And you're like, oh, I'm here for this full conversation. Definitely. And you're not even, oh, you know what that, you know what that means? Like, yes, yes, I do actually know what that
1: means. <laughs> Very, uh, a lot. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: yes, yes. I love that. I love that. So I, I have one question, but another one just popped into my head randomly. So I want to know, what is, what events do you actually like um, shooting as a photographer? Like, is there anything that you prefer?
1: I mean, when I, when I started photography, I just wanted to shoot other rappers and models like that's what I got into it for and it took me down a completely different road Mm -hmm. I mean once I was you know I was shooting other independent rappers and then my friends realized I had a camera and it became Mm -hmm. can you take pictures of my kid's birthday party I'm like well how much you gonna pay me maybe I'll do it and from, right. <laughs> from, from that, it became, okay, sweet 16s. And I'm like, I guess I could shoot a sweet 16. And, you know, people kind of said, all right, well, I, I, my cousin's getting married. Can you shoot this wedding? Mm. I guess I can. I never did. And I think, you know, by the time I got married in 2012, so it's going to be 10 years for me and my wife this year. And um after that point, that's the moment where I realized I can probably shoot weddings because I lived the day. So now that I've lived the wedding, oh, I understood it. Like completely from the inside out, so now I can speak to brides and grooms and say, "You know what? let's do it this way here's how here's how we're gonna flow with this and um, I became predominantly a wedding photographer around twenty fifteen mm-hmm. and twenty sixteen and the interesting thing about photography is that they say once you kind of pick like your niche area, that's where you'll mm-hmm. succeed." Because mm-hmm. photography is so broad. People go outside and do art architecture. People go outside and shoot birds, right? Mm-hmm. How, how they make money from that, they probably sell it to magazines and things of that nature, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, it's just like, I'm a people person. I know so many people that I have this beautiful lead lead list um, or lead source of mm-hmm. just the people I know. And um, I do Dove deep into the wedding photography scene, and that's my thing now. And it's it has the biggest ROI um, mm-hmm. as a photographer, right? It, and I can shoot a birthday party for a few hours, get paid a few hundred, or I could spend a day shooting a wedding and make a few thousand. And, mm-hmm. and that's mm-hmm. why I said, you know what? This is actually pretty good. The the monies are here. The people are here. it's it's fun because it's a social thing, right Wedding photographers, we're event photographers and we're portrait photographers because we do all of it all day throughout that day.
0: Right. That's yeah. oh, I love that. So one, yeah. first of all, congratulations to you and your wife, 10 Thank years. You. Yes. Thank you. And then two, I just love the fact that you were like, oh, I had to experience my own wedding and then yeah. it clicked. it made sense. Oh I can I can shoot your wedding. This makes complete sense to me now.
1: Exactly, and I mean, there's a lot of photographers that not aren't necessarily um married that shoot weddings, right, but for uh-huh, me yeah. it, it's that personal touch when I speak mm-hmm. to another bride and groom, you know, I could speak to that day and how I, how it felt for me, and I understand that so I could speak to how a photographer can relieve some of that day, even right? Mm-hmm. and I think that's the mm-hmm. special touch why once brides and grooms speak to me, they kind of move forward because. I have those extra touches. And the crazy part is, as a wedding photographer, like any wedding photographer that's been in it for a long time, we can mm-hmm. be wedding planners. We can do it all because we live the day from getting ready to the end of the reception. Uh-huh. So, yeah. Right.
0: You're like, I'm yeah. going to add wedding planner to my resume, just so and y'all know. <laughs> my,
1: my, my wife is already hopping in the game with that, too. So Yes! <laughs> yeah.
0: love. Y'all going to be a full package. I love it. That's it. I love it. I'm so here for it. Okay, so this next one's a two-part question. So um, you wrote down for me in our like pre-interview questions that a nugget of wisdom is owning your own brand before you attempt to promote it. So my Big first time. question is, how did you get your your brand, like your name Blue, your brand, all of it, how did you come up mm-hmm. with it? And then the second half of that question is like breaking down what you just said about owning it fully before you attempt to promote it.
1: Yeah. So, no, I think it goes right back to bad boy. And I remember stepping into the offices and they said, all right, you're going to be Diddy on MySpace, but we got two different MySpaces. We got regular Diddy Mm -hmm. and, you know, he was a puff daddy at the time. And then we have P. Diddy. And I said, why do we have Diddy and P. Diddy? They said, well, Diddy doesn't own the trademark for Diddy in Europe. There's someone else in Europe with the name Diddy. So in Europe, Diddy is P. Diddy. I don't know if that's still the case in 2022, um, but- but at the time, like in the mid 2000s, he didn't own that trademark. Okay. So what ended up happening for me, my name was actually Blue Steels. Like that mm-hmm. That was my rap name, okay. Real Street. Like, my, you know, it, it, it was a product product of my environment type of situation. Mm-hmm. And um, as I was progressing, two things happened. Number one, because I was so involved in the industry, I found out there was, there was a DJ named Blue Steel and he worked at Def Jam. And... I was like, you know what? I got to go talk to a lawyer because what ended up happening, we started getting emails crossed. He would get emails that were supposed to be for me and I would get emails that were supposed to be for him. And what really triggered me was on Neo's first album, he came out and in his thank yous, he thanked Blue Steel. And people was just like, yo, he he's thinking you he thanking. And he was talking about I knew he was talking about the other dude. I ain't know Neo. I had yeah. met him before, but I didn't know him. So mm-hmm. um I wasn't gonna be thanked in his album, right? Mm-hmm. So I went to a lawyer. Um, shout out to Trademark Rob, Robert Lopez, and he said, you know what? Y'all both dead wrong. There is a rock band in the Midwest named Blue Steel. <laughs> <laughs> So he was actually the one who goes, yo, yo, why, why don't we just name you like go with blue? I was mm-hmm. like, blue, just like that's it. Like, there's nothing more. No last name, like McLovin, Hi. just, just blue. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I'm like, that's available. And he's mm-hmm. like, yeah. So he, we filed the trademark. And then like eight, nine months, it came through. But if I hadn't worked for Bad Boy, I wouldn't have even understood what that meant. And the Mm -hmm. crazy part is my guy Trademark Rob, he actually trademarked Nas when Nas moved from Columbia Records to Def Jam. And Nas had already Mm -hmm. dropped four albums. He had already been in the industry. And when he came to Def Jam, Def Jam was like, yo, you don't have your name trademarked? And the funny thing about it is there is... This this common law, right? Where common law will say, all right, well, you can never open Jay-Z Fried Chicken or Funk Master Flex Fried Chicken. You can't do that because common law says those names are so strong and popular that you can't just eat off of their names. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, even a guy like Nas, his name is Nasir, just because your real name is Nasir does not mean you own the trademark to your name. You do not uh. own your name. And people don't understand that when they come into the industry. Right, mm-hmm. so to go into the second part of it, you should always do your research to see if someone owns a name, a business that you're thinking of. Mm-hmm. Um, even I always, am I on the brand consultant side? I'm, I'm gonna give a free free nugget right here. One of the things that I always tell people when they're thinking about creating this new brand, this new business, check it out. What's the dot .com? Is the dot .com available? Mm-hmm. Is the Instagram at available? Is the at Gmail available? Are all these different things available? If they are and there's no trademark on it, run with it. That's Mm -hmm. yours. Own it. Own that brand. And then before you even start marketing it, you should own it already. And the truth is, even in my early 20s at I remember I had a record label called Calcutta entertainment and we would promote parties Mm -hmm. and it would be in New York city. And we decided, you know what? We have enough ties at temple. Let's do something (laughs) at Philly. And my business partner's cousin, he ended up going to temple. And then what ended up happening was, I guess people in Philly saw our name and they decided to steal it. And they were trying to promote as Calcutta entertainment, which is crazy. But when you own things, now you can say, push the brakes on it. You guys uh-huh. got to stop, cease and desist, and I'm I'm waiting for for someone big enough to to say I want to be blue, and, and <laughs> maybe they could buy my trademark for me because you could be blue, whoever you are, right? You could be blue, whatever. You could last name it. You could put something in front of it, you know. But you can't be blue unless you see me.
0: Uh huh. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I love it.
1: <laughs> yes, and that's that's the beauty of trademarking and. And, and, and working for for a guy like Sean Diddy Combs.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, yeah. yes. 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 I love that so much. Yes. Thank you for sharing that. So I guess my last question to you would be, um, do you have any other advice or like nuggets or wisdom or just something that you're like, I really need to share this with someone, whoever... If they're an artist, they're not an artist, but someone who is, you know, thinking of pivoting or changing careers, or even having a parallel career, because you are clearly proof that that is something that can be done.
1: Start right now. <laughs> I think I think we are our own biggest blocks. Oh right? yeah. We we have these ideas, and I'm I'm a guy that's full of million dollar ideas. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I never. Put it into fruition. Sometimes I pass it along to other people because I know mm-hmm. that they can make more of it than I could. Mm-hmm. Um, but don't, whatever you're thinking of, like if you're an artist, put that song out. Like mm-hmm. you might have this track where you're just holding it, waiting for the right moment. There is no right moment, but now, now is the best moment. Put out that track, release it, let people hear it, let it do what it does. If it's a hit, it's a hit, it's gonna flow. If you have a business idea, If you have one or two clients, it's still a business, right? Mm -hmm. You got to start somewhere. You got to put it out. Until you put it out, you'll never know if it'll be successful. And guess what? You'll never know if it won't be successful. And once, if it's not successful, you just pull it back, redo it. I mean, even with my podcast, right? This idea for me to get back in the industry happened in 2017. And Mm -hmm. it didn't work at first because Mm -hmm. it was a lot of work for me being talent, and trying to be post-production. And it took a few years for some producers that I knew from my rap career Ah. to come to me and say, hey, we're in the podcast scene now. Shouts to Major Theory. And for them to say, look, we used to record you all those years. You did like 100 tracks in our studios. We like your podcast. We know we could bring it more to life. And that's what happened. It allowed me to be talent and leave the all the other stuff to them. But if I didn't put it out in the air that I was doing a podcast as low listened as it was, it wouldn't had made other people realize I was moving different. And once they saw how it was working, they're like, no, they gravitated towards it and they pulled it up to, to push it higher. So whatever it is, just put it in the air, just do it. And that's 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 the biggest thing I've learned overall. Just do it, put it out, start now, start today, start yesterday, trademark it, holler at me if you need the brand consulting, because <laughs> I can help you with that foundation, mm-hmm. right? And then I'm gonna take your pictures, we're gonna make your press kit, we're gonna we're gonna do the whole run. There's a one-stop shop over here with Blue.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, I love it. I love it so much. Yes, and that's yeah. it. Like you put it out. And then, of course, realizing, oh, this is a lot. But yeah. because you put it out, the people you knew were like, "Wait a minute, Blue. I think we can help you." Exactly. And then here you are. But if you didn't put it out,
1: that's it. It, you, it would just be a. It would just be another thought. And with thoughts, sometimes you regret. The what ifs, what if I did this? Yeah. You don't know. Like I, I podcasting might not make me a millionaire like some podcasters are making from it, right? But unless I put it out there, you don't know what it's going to turn into.
0: Absolutely, so, yeah. absolutely. You take the first step. And then everything else falls into place.
1: Man, the first wedding I shot, I should not have shot. <laughs> <laughs> I, sh- I sh- probably should have shot the first five. I should have been a second shooter for a wedding. Instead, I was the main guy for like the. And you know, it took it took learning those to be able to say, right, I can do twenty of these a year, and it's nothing. It's light. I'm, I'm the man. I'm a call. Cool. I got my second shooters now, right? It- it- but it all it all takes that first step,
0: right? That's it. That first step and just knowing, okay. But not even knowing. Just knowing you're gonna take the first step and you don't know what's gonna happen, but you don't being know. okay with that.
1: You don't know. Like with businesses, like you try mm-hmm. and you fail. I mean, I'm trying to step into apparel and it's hard. It's hard. Mm-hmm. But I wanna sell my shirts. I own the brand blue, so I can sell yeah. shirts with that too, right? So I wanna do that. I I have my own art like photography I got I my own artwork but yeah. you know so I'm, I'm still trying to learn more about that part of the industry right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and it all it all ties back to rap like I wanted Rockaway I wanted to the Sean Johns of the world that that all inspired me so it's yeah. I'm still at the end of the day I'm still the kid from Brooklyn who just loved rap music and everything rappers did
0: right right yeah. oh I love it and you just tie that in a nice little bow thank
1: you yeah. huh. <laughs> thank you that's the podcast inside of me <laughs>
0: Yes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, yes. Oh, but before I let you go, so this is my, this right is my up. wrap up before I let you go. Okay. Two things. One, where can everybody find you on these social media things we use the, these days? <laughs> I got
1: the easiest Instagram in the world yeah. at blue, B-L-U-E. My YouTube is slash blue, but you know, I'm definitely pushing Blue Dope. Um, the okay. podcast we're at on Instagram at Blue Dope TV. BlueDopeTV.com. Mm-hmm. TV.com. Anywhere that you podcast, all you have to do is type in Blue Dope. If you want to hear Sherelle Rosado, type in Blue Dope Sherelle. It's gonna come up, right? Okay. Um, et cetera, et cetera. Any of our guests. So it's um, I'm easy to find, always at blue easy to find i keep it private though <laughs> um and but my page is a public check me out blue and blue pictorial for photography okay. um definitely have to separate things people would be confused if it was all in one place but blue pictorial um for wedding photography portrait photography family photography or yeah. all the beautiful stuff to capture the moments for your whole life
0: I love it. I love it. Thank you. Don't worry, everybody. All of that will go in the show notes. So you'll just be able to click easy. You'll have all of Blue's information. And then before I let you go, I must say to you that I acknowledge you. I celebrate you and I uplift you.
1: Thank you. That's dope.
0: You're very dope. welcome.
1: And, and that th- these are the type of shows I love. Like, let's let's get it out there. Let's uplift one one another. Let's get these stories out. So the next person can really just take advantage of the, the gems that are dropped and put it into their own journey. I love that. Absolutely. So keep doing what you're doing.
0: Oh, thank you so much. Thank you so much. <laughs> so thank you for joining me.
1: Yes, thank you. I
0: Please feel free to visit this episode's show notes for links to get in touch with my guest, as well as a link to rate and review my podcast on Podchaser. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts, all you have to do is scroll down to the rate and review section. You can find and connect with me on Instagram at The Artist Pivot to see audiograms, fun facts, and posts featuring my guests. Make sure you hit the subscribe button if you haven't already to get notified when a new episode is out. And please share this episode with at least one friend. For those who are working on their mental health and well-being, on a journey of facing your fears, or trying therapy for the first time, our show sponsor BetterHelp is here to help you. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist. So you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. BetterHelp makes professional therapy accessible and affordable with 20,000 plus therapists in their network and the ability to request a new therapist at no additional charge anytime. I have found that therapy is a tool to use to improve your life in one of the healthiest ways. So join the 2 million plus people who have taken charge of their mental health with an experienced BetterHelp therapist. So many people use BetterHelp that they are currently recruiting additional therapists in all 50 states. Get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash ArtistPivot. That's BetterHelp.com slash ArtistPivot. Ever heard the phrase found time? Well, Audible helps you find the time to get more stories and information while commuting, cooking, gardening, exercising, etc. Audible is the leading provider of spoken word entertainment and audiobooks, ranging from bestsellers to celebrity memoirs, news, business, and self development. Every month, members get one credit to pick any title, plus two Audible originals from a monthly selection, and access to daily news digests, as well as guided meditation programs. They have podcasts, theatrical performances, A-list comedy, and exclusive Audible originals you won't find anywhere else. Fun fact, if you listened to every title on Audible, you'd be listening for more than three centuries. So click the link in the show notes or visit audibletrial.com slash theartistpivot to start your 30-day free trial of Audible and listen to that book you haven't read yet or laugh at a comedy special while doing the dishes. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash theartistpivot. Using the link lets Audible know that we sent you and a great way to support the show. This episode was edited by Kieran Niemont and produced by me, Ayana Major Bay. Thank you for tuning in and I'll speak to you soon.